Logical with L.Y. Law, the regular weekly podcast from Dubai-based law firm HPL Yamalaba and Plethka here in the UAE. This week, we're talking employment issues and that dreaded word, and it's the T word, termination. Now, here in the Emirates right now, it's tough times from an economic perspective, as it is across the world. Companies are feeling the pinch, and they're obviously looking to keep their costs as low as possible. Now, unfortunately, when times are tough, it can mean that jobs are harder to keep, not to mention harder to find. But here in the UAE, what should you do? What can you do? And what do you need to do if you lose your job? And that is today's question, and hopefully answer. Ludmilla Yamalava is the managing partner of the Dubai-based law firm Yamalava and Plethka. She's been in the UAE since 2008. She's seen the good times. And Ludmilla, I'm guessing you've seen some of the tougher times as well. Nice to see you. Good to see you as well. And yes, indeed, I have seen the good and the bad in the transition. Well, let's talk about, uh, in simple terms, or in as simple terms as we can, some of the issues that employees, and we'll start with employees have, and also employers too, uh, some of the things that you need to think about as you go through termination, whichever side uh, you're on. Just set the stage for us. Just talk me through how things are in the UAE right now. Well, from the employment perspective, what's important to highlight is that the UAE has one law that applies to majority of the companies across the UAE, irrespective of the emirate. There is a perception that uh, the law may be different based on where the company sits, which emirate the company sits in, uh, or whether the company is a mainland or the free zone. And as many may know, the UAE has many, many different free zones, and there's there's been historical impression that somehow law differs amongst the free zones. Mm. And to set the stage, the general rule is that that is not the case, with except uh, with the exception of one free zone, and that, and that is the DIFC free zone, the Dubai International Financial Center. So, keeping that free zone apart, the um, uh, the employment law applies. Is there's one employment law and applies equally to all companies and employees in the UAE, and that is the federal law, employment law. According to that law, there are a number of of principles that govern employee-employer relationships. And in the case of termination, some of the more important, um, obviously, it always comes down to uh, to the compensation, or and so the more important elements of compensation uh, that obviously govern the the, the employer's um, uh, process for termination and employees' consideration uh, upon termination, and that um, and those are as follows. One is. In the UAE, the minimum there's always a notice period, and the minimum notice period is 30 days, and that is irrespective of whether the contract provides for such notice period or not. If um, the contract does not provide for notice period, then it's the the minimum of 30 days. And many contracts, however, that is why it's important to read the contracts because many contracts may provide for a longer notice period. And if mm-hmm. if that's the case, then that would supersede the minimum uh, 30-day notice provided by law. So notice period is one. And that means if you're terminated, you either serve that one-month notice or if the company wants to terminate you immediately, you uh, will be compensated the value of that one month of employment. So that's one element. The other one is obviously the undue, the unpaid salary and whatever other uh, expenses or benefits that are due. And that's number two. Number three is um, prorata bonus uh, or commission that might have been earned and not 
paid yet. And this is an important one because a lot of employees and employers by um, um, the same, um, else employers, believe that um, if uh, the person is not there at the time, that, let's say the bonus is being paid off or paid out or the commission is being paid out, then therefore they're not entitled to it. That is not the case. Uh, the bonus and the commission in the UAE is considered to be part of the salary and that is something that's earned and irrespective of when it would ordinarily be paid by the company, uh, when the employee leaves, they are entitled to receive the pro rata of, of that amount. Uh, so that's number, that's element number three. And number four, and perhaps the most unique to the UAE compared to perhaps some other jurisdictions, and that's a term that has become known as the end of service benefits or EOS. And that is related directly to the duration of employees' um, term with a company. And employees become entitled to the end of service payment after serving for a company for at least for one year. So after one year. So let's say if you worked for the company for 10 years, you'll be entitled to what's called the end of service. And the end of service is calculated depending on... Uh, on whether the contract was um, limited or unlimited and uh, the, depending on the duration of the employment. So for the first three years of service, it's in general, the calculation is that it's 21 days of basic salary for every year of service for the first five years. And so therefore, if you worked for a company for, let's say, four years and uh, you're not being terminated, you would be entitled to um, receive on top of all the other elements I just described the end of service, which is 21 days of your basic salary, four times four in that particular case. After five years, that becomes 30 days of basic salary for every year of service, but it's only after five years, and it only the 30 days only starts counting from five years. Therefore, let's say if you work for 10 years, for the first five years, you receive 21 times five, and that's the 21 days for the first five years, and for the next five years, it's 30 times five, and that is 30 days for every year of service after your fifth year. So, and that's called your end of service. So generally speaking, that's, those are the entitlements, the financial entitlements that employees should expect at the end of termination. There are some other nuances, such as whether there is a limited or limited contract, and whether the employee is being terminated or leaving voluntarily. Uh, but in in general, if employment is longer than five years, it doesn't matter whether there is um, uh, whether there was a termination or uh, or um, voluntarily uh, resignation. The sort of the benefits become the same. There is one other element that is important that is also fairly unique to the UAE, and that is one that's called arbitrary dismissal. In cases of of limited contracts, uh, the um, uh, the law provides for uh, for arbitrary dismissal of three months of full salary. And this is, so for example, if you have a three-year contract, a limited contract, then you are terminated two years into it. You will, on top of all the other elements I've just described, you'll also be entitled to three months of um, full salary as compensation for being prematurely terminated. And, uh, and that's presuming that you have been terminated arbitrarily. And in most cases, it's very difficult to establish that the termination was for good cause as per the law. So therefore, in most cases, if a limited contract is terminated, you should expect a three-month arbitrary dismissal. Now, in contracts that are unlimited, and that is when there is just a start date and there is no end date mentioned, 
then the law says it could be up to three months of arbitrary dismissal compensation. In most cases, if employment is longer than three years from what we've seen in courts, courts grant three months arbitrary dismissal, even in those cases where contracts are uh, unlimited. Let me just jump in at this point, because each case is different, and that forms an outline. But what's the difference between being fired and redundancy? Is redundancy arbitrary dismissal? Great question. And in short, yes. In most cases, redundancy is used as a term of art, but it really isn't. And perhaps it's a bit of a leftover of, uh, of nomenclature from England, particularly because redundancy, for example, that word doesn't e- exist in US practice, if you will. Right. Uh, so there is a termination, there's resignation. So redundancy usually refers to, at least in the classical sense, refers to being being terminated because the company is, is going through restructuring, for example. However, the way the law is structured, and in particular in connection with arbitrary dismissal, it's, it's, it looks at who is at fault. So arbitrary dismissal, it's, it, it really, the burden is on the, on the employer to prove that somehow it was the employee's fault for why um, they were being terminated. So that's why it's called arbitrary. So mm-hmm. if the company is restructuring and terminating employment because of it, it's really not attributable to the employee. Uh, so it's, and, but, but to the employer, and therefore it's really not employee's business that the company has decided uh, to restructure. And if you think about it, there's a lot of logic behind it because companies could always play that card while we're restructuring. and. And you could always hire somebody with the promise of a limited contract. People build their lives based on that. And then a year into it, the company decides, well, we actually want to do things differently. So, I mean, that's sort of also the logic behind arbitrary dismissal compensation under the UAE law. And that is a provide for that sort of transition period or some kind of uh, some sort of uh, uh, additional compensation to allow people to transition more smoothly uh, because of this variability that happens um, to their lives, um, which were based on the expectation of a limited contract. And and perhaps from, depending on who is, is I, I guess, hearing this particular framework, legal framework, depending on the jurisdiction, but it may seem unfair. But the reason these benefits perhaps exist and were introduced in the law here is because, let's let's face it, they apply, most of us here, they apply to employees, and most of the employees here are expats. And that means that we're here, this is not our homeland. So in the event we lose a job, we need to make some serious decisions about what to do next. And as we all know, the expats know here that all everything is based on the job here. So our schools, so our job gives you the residence visa, and then your kids are also linked to your residence visa. Your spouse is linked to your residence visa, and everything else is is linked to that. Therefore, when you lose a job, all of a sudden, the whole foundation on which families are based starts falling apart. And this is why having these additional benefits paid to the employees only makes logical sense because at least in the very least it allows people to to have a little bit of a grace period and some additional compensation to help them with transition. Let me take that into account for a second. Let's look at, let's kind of recap I suppose whether imagine for a moment you are arbitrarily dismissed or terminated or made redundant whichever phrase word applies there. What's an employer legally obliged to do in terms of extending a visa grace period, for example. Uh, And in return, what is an employee obliged to do? 
Well, from the employer's perspective, what they're obliged to do is, number one, serve you with a proper termination letter, and the termination letter should include your last date. And that it, those two things don't necessarily always coincide because an employer may decide to terminate an employee, but they may want to have... Uh, may, may want to see that employee serve either serve their notice or work a little longer. So the the, the termination notice should have a termination date. Right. Uh, that's that's one. Two, there should be a calculation provided to the employee in terms of what the their end of service entitlements um, should be and that is and the, those entitlements obviously would include the various elements I, I described earlier and that is in short basically a figure of the monetary figure of what they will be paid uh, that's two and then three the other all the other elements of um, basically relationship uh, kind of parting a relationship and that is for example health insurance um, usually health insurance is, is tied to the visa and that's the other element is the termination of um, employment visa uh, then also the hand uh, the handover very important is that to have a very clear handover and that is okay you on this day you leave and as part of your departure these are things you must return and there should be a proper do uh, handover form it, generally speaking, handovers would include uh, turning in computer, laptop, phone, chargers, uh, business cards, whatever the business um, accessories that the employee were employees were given. Uh, so a proper handover is very important, and and then. Uh, in practical terms, the way that the final termination works is that both employer, as they're represented from the employer, and, and the employee would appear before the relevant govern, uh, government agency that sponsors a license to that particular company, and the employee would sign off that they've received all the benefits um, and all the payment towards their end of service benefits, and um, and then the, so the, they would sign that form. The employer will give them the check, for example, for that amount, and uh, the employee would hand over the passport to the employer for visa cancellation. So that's from the employer's perspective. Right. What about the employee? From the employee's perspective, there's obviously they need to right away um, understand their own from on their own and perhaps ideally seek legal advice if need be about what they might be entitled to because they're often disputes between what the employer thinks that they're entitled to and what the employees think that they're entitled to. And usually the, one of the most, most common grounds for dispute, and that's related to how the calculation of end of service and what is how you calculate, for example, basic salary. We mentioned earlier that it's for every year of service, you get 21 days of basic salary. I and mean, there's always, um, there are often disputes about what goes or what constitutes basic salary, and um, that's that's one sort of grounds for dispute. And the other one is payment of bonuses and commissions. That's another common ground for disputes. Uh, so this is where the employee should um, should seek counsel if need be, if, if those elements are relevant to their employment relationship, about how to how to ensure that those payments uh, end up in in their end of service um, package. Uh, payment. Uh, so that's that's one. It's just understanding what they're entitled to uh, by contract. And then two, obviously, with uh, the the visa, and that's that's an important component because in the UAE, all all expats uh, are required to have a proper employment visa in order to work here illegally. So, and the employment visa is naturally linked to the employment. So when the employment comes to an end, by law, 
this is when the visa should also come to an end. As I say that, I know that it's quite common for both employees and employers to extend that resident, residence visa uh, relationship further beyond the uh, duration of employment. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, it's, it's common, but legally speaking, it's not proper. So in other words, really the residence visa should be terminated at the time that employment is terminated. And that's because of all sorts of liabilities that um, can perhaps um, uh, happen or arise because ultimately that relationship continues on, the sponsorship relationship continues on from at least the residential visa perspective or immigration perspective, even when employment is finished, if the visa is not canceled. So from the employee's standpoint, it's important to make sure that their visa, that they sort out their visa. And it can happen in different ways. So, for example, if you don't, if if there, the visa is not canceled for some reason, perhaps, and then uh, perhaps there's a dispute, and then the employee stays in the country on an expired visa, that can cause all sorts of issues and complications because, for example, in simple terms, an employee cannot or a person cannot exit the country on the expired visa. So a visa is an important component, and it's also important, obviously, because in most cases, that employees, the employee's uh, um, family and other support staff may be linked to that visa. So ensure, make sure that as you go through the process of visa cancellation, you will have to cancel your dependents, and you'll have to figure out an alternative way to sponsor your dependents, in particular children, when your visa is terminated. And then, and then from the employer's perspective, then the rest of it obviously is the, the, the housing. If you're renting property and you're relying on your income coming in, uh, most contracts in the UAE, uh, residential contracts, are um, for at least a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, often lease is paid or rent is paid a year in advance. Uh, so figure out that component, any other kind of debts you might have, credit card debts or any other loans, car loans, just make sure that financially you figure out all of the payment of all of those debts and that if you do decide to leave the country that you've gone through all the things and all the links that you have in this country and you've clearly paid all your dues and closed all those all those um, uh, pieces properly so that there are no liabilities left behind when you leave final question termination is tough here in the uae anywhere else in the world but let's stick here in the uae is there any in the labor law duty of care any provision for human resources counseling of employees who have been terminated does that exist great question no the short of it doesn't uh, but uh, now that you you mention it it would certainly be of tremendous value uh, to have that kind of a, a resource available to uh, to employees in the UAE because there are also a lot of employees that are new to the UAE and they've been terminated and they really don't even know where to turn. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, even a, uh, those who have been in the UAE for a very long time often um, under those circumstances they don't really know where to turn to. Um, so presently there isn't anything and hopefully this is why this podcast, um, you, we, we do these podcasts and why the podcast might be uh, valuable, and we hope it will be valuable because these are sort of the resources um, that um, may help employees and employees at times like this. But otherwise, right now, there is no other centralized sort of resource that parties can turn to. That's it for another edition of the Logical with LY Law podcast. Billy Gamalava is the managing partner of the firm, as ever. Really good to talk to you. Thank you. 
Next time on the Logical with L.Y. Law podcast, we'll be discussing marriage and divorce here in the UAE.